Coming up, we have a huge show for you this week. We'll tell you about the Unleash the Villains event that took place at Disney Holly- Disney's Hollywood Studios on Friday the 13th. We'll also tell you about this year's Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party with our very special guest, WWE wrestler and prolific Disney fan Scott Garland, a.k.a. Scotty Too Hottie. We're also going to talk to Imagineer Joe Rohde about his quest into the mountains of western Mongolia to raise money and awareness for the snow leopard. And we're getting a ton of new announcements from Disney today. We'll tell you about all of it. Coming to you from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode number 644 for the week of September 17th, 2013. The Diz Unplugged is sponsored by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Receive up to a $1,000 shipboard credit when you book your next Disney Cruise Line vacation with Dreams Unlimited Travel. And you'll also get an exclusive Dreams gift bag in your room when you sail out of Port Canaveral. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kevin Close, Kathy Whirling, Corey Martin, back in the production nook, our producer, Dustin West, along with associate producers, Sean Thompson and Craig Williams, and of course, very special guest, Scott Garland, a.k.a. Scotty Too Hottie, here in the studio with us. Uh, Great to have you here, Scott. Thanks, Pete. That's cool. Um... We have so much. Uh, those of you who are used to the show being an hour, we've just given up on that this week. It's, <laughs> I think we're going well over an hour uh, for our new show this week. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot in housekeeping, a lot in news. Uh, so it's just kind of a big week for us. And I'm um, still kind of reeling over the Joe Rohde interview. It was so cool. We got to record that a few that days awesome. ago. It's a very last minute thing and uh, it was really cool. Uh, first up in housekeeping, we want you to be sure to check out the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. New shows go up every Thursday, DizUnplugged.com. This week, they'll discuss uh, Disneyland's uh, Unleash the Villains event and what's new for Halloween this year at Disneyland. And next week, they're going to continue their personalized planning series for one of their listeners whose boyfriend does not get Disney. So be sure to check them out, DizUnplugged.com, every Thursday. And... uh, also, we, uh, I know, Corey, you want to mention uh, oh, yeah. upcoming Buddy Walk. Yeah, I want to let everybody know, um, October 12, 2013, um, it's a Saturday that um, it's going to be Ferris's Step Up for Down Syndrome Walk. This is its fifth annual walk. If you're listening, you're in town, you're welcome to come out and show your support. If you're not in town, um, we have a link for uh, donations if you want to show your support that way. Um, this is a festival-type atmosphere. It's from 8 to 12. Uh, there's a one-mile walk around Lake Eola. The walk is really um, just... It's, it's not like a... Um, it's just a show support around uh, Lake Eola. But the main event is the, is the festival itself. We'll have a team tent set up. I'll have refreshments and things like that. Uh, also, if you do walk with us, you'll get a, a shirt designed by me, yours truly. And... Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's our team logo. Ferris's Funky Bunch is the name of the team. Um, if you're if you're on the if you're watching right now if you scroll down there's a there's a little banner with Ferris uh, Ferris on it you click it and that'll give you more information to register sign up and and or donate. Cool. Thank you. Cool. How much did you raise last year? Uh, I think we were over seventeen thousand last okay. year. I want twenty thousand wow. this year. We're over uh, four thousand right now. Thanks everybody who's already donated. Appreciate it. 
as he looks around the room to the people who haven't yet. <laughs> I will, I promise. I do every year. Oh, I know you do. Um, Me too. But uh, absolutely, please, please support uh, Ferris and uh, the Down Syndrome Association of Central Florida. We know firsthand from Corey and Julie uh, what amazing work they have done uh, in in helping helping the Down Syndrome community. They really have. Isn't yeah. there a rival team like Rydell High or something like that that we have to be? <laughs> no, we, we're all... Um, we have a group, uh, the Dads. Uh, dads Appreciating Down Syndrome. We all get together and we do fundraising events throughout the year, but we all... You know, we all try to boost each other to raise more money. And, you know, we're all friends. We hang out and stuff. So. Take them down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the kids are just lovely and adorable kids. Take them down. Ferris must win. Um, all right. Thank you for that, Corey. Uh, Kevin, you have a few announcements you want to make. I do. John is at uh, the earmarked convention and he has texted me that i'm supposed to update you on certain things first of all if you're thinking about podcast cruise five our guaranteed pricing ends on monday this coming monday the date is monday i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that would be the 24th right after that what's going to happen is disney's going back to tier pricing so the longer you wait the higher the price will go and so, right now, those prices are, are honest to God. Don't if you don't believe me, look at the prices we have. Then go out to Disney's website and take a look at the prices for the same sailing. These prices are really, really good. And this isn't something that you know we're not just trying to scare you. Disney has set this up so we really there's nothing we can do about right. it. Right, this has nothing to do with us. Yeah. Uh, the other announcement I'm supposed to make is for all of you Uber planners out there. All of the details for Dizapalooza have not been announced yet. On our uh, the Diz boards, there's a thread for the details that have been announced. But there are some things that haven't solidified yet. There are some things that we think you'll be excited about, so we're going to surprise you. All of the details aren't there yet. I know there's some conversation about transportation. We're not going to know that until probably about a month before. So if you have to make sure that you have transportation now, you should start working on finding it yourself. We will let you know what we know as we know it. That's that. The last thing for housekeeping is uh, our Diz Unplugged handcrafted Viva Italia trip September 16th through the 24th, 2014. Handcrafted by artisans. Artisans. It's an artisanal trip. (laughs) Um, We're very excited about it. We've taken out some of the things that we think absorb your time. I don't get to go to Europe as often as I would like. I'm sure no one gets to go as often as you would like. And we think that while you're in Europe, you should do things that are European. Uh, So we've (laughs) taken out what we consider some of the things that absorb time. One of them was driving out to a Tuscan resort twice a day, back in and back out. And it was taking an hour and a half to two hours each time. That's four hours of your day. And when your time in Florence is measured in hours... Four hours is a big chunk of time. So what we've done is we've gotten a hotel, a beautiful hotel, the Westin Excelsior Florence. Look at the website. And we're staying directly in Florence. So there's no travel time. So excited about this. There's also not a walk. The buses aren't allowed into Florence because it's the historic center. So there was a half hour in and a half hour walk out. We've taken that out also. So when you go out of your hotel in the morning, you're going to be in the San Lorenzo district of Florence Mm. itself. So Yes, please. Um, I have to tell you, this trip just opened, and we are two-thirds sold. Oh, yeah. Yep. This trip is going to sell out 
fast. It, it is. Um, and there's some irons in the fire out there. There are people who have not committed yet, but have been asking questions about it. So I'm not going to be surprised if eventually we tell you we don't have any more room. Again, the dates are September 16th through the 24th. It's Rome, Florence, and Venice. We will be stopping in Tuscany. Uh, it's five ninety. It's it's a dollar less than six thousand dollars. It's five thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars per adult, based on double occupancy. And singles are eight thousand three hundred ninety nine dollars. We have chosen the hotels we want to stay at for their location and. They're what we think of them. We'll be staying at the Bernini Bristol in Rome. We will be staying at the Weston Excelsior in Florence. And we'll be staying at the Luna Baglioni in Venice. Mm. The Luna Baglioni is the Grand Floridian of Venice. The epicenter of Venice is St. Mark's Square. We counted. It's 26 steps from St. Mark's Square to our mm. hotel. <laughs> not 26 feet, not 26 miles, 26 steps. Oh. And and this is a you know this is a trip that was tailored for us by John and Kevin with Adventures by Disney. John and Kevin, this will be your fourth time on this trip. It'll be our fourth time going to Italy. So I mean, this is not going to be you. You can't you can't get this going to ABD yourself. This is a Dis exclusive created by John and Kevin specifically for this this trip. So. Uh, and I, I, I got to tell you, I'm so excited about it. I cannot wait. I know it's hard to believe, but John and I have a favorite restaurant in Florence. Hard Rock Cafe? No, it's <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> it's the Trattoria San Lorenzo. And there's this gentleman that owns it. He insists on be calling Tony One. There's a Tony Two in the kitchen. So you have to refer to him as Tony One. And the last time we took a bunch of people there because we had free time. And I've been told by several people who went that this was the best meal they've ever had. Wow. I think that's exciting i think it's a great restaurant and john is has offered to take everybody who's going to lunch there on him one day well and that never happens so that's how much he likes it i'm telling you so if you want to go you have to write to me at kevin at dreams however we're going on an abd starting tomorrow so i probably won't answer till, till september that's right 30th. we're not going to see you guys for a couple weeks that's right um, we will be back in town um we were supposed to be back the 28th but the, my travel agent me made a mistake <laughs> and we're getting back into jfk too late to catch a connection to orlando and i told john he had to stay in an airport hotel he says to me i'm getting a new travel agent <laughs> So we will be back on the 29th. But if you're interested, let me know. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. And um, finally, before we get started, we get into the news. Um, I want to take a few minutes and talk to our very special guest, Scott Garland. Uh, Scotty Too Hottie, to those of you wrestling fans out there. Uh, we, uh, we met Scott uh, last week, actually, at uh, the Attractions Magazine uh, fundraiser at Splitsville. To raise money for Give Kids the World, I understand they raised uh, how much was it? Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand dollars they raised, uh, which was awesome. They didn't. They, they put on an amazing event. Uh, huge props to the folks over at Attractions Magazine. And uh, Scott was uh, bowling with the Theme Park Connection trying to bowl team. <laughs> trying to bowl. <laughs> okay. Trying well. to keep my ball out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, our team had a lot of tr- trouble with that too. Yeah. Um, I kept saying, you know, if we just line the pins up in the gutter, they get a strike every time. But uh, now, uh, so just tell us a little bit about yourself and about, you know, uh, like I said, you're you're a, a championship uh, WWE wrestler. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm a big Disney nerd with a cool job. <laughs> 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 I, 
I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> we could all say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just uh, grew up. I grew up in Maine, and uh, we would come down to, to Disney World every every uh, couple of years, and so it was a huge deal, you know. And we'd make the we drive, you know. So it was a huge deal to, to come here. And then once I started wrestling uh, for WWE, I had the uh, you know with all the frequent flyer miles and all the travel, I was able to come here quite a bit. And uh, in uh, 2003, I ended up buying a place in Orlando. And uh, and I moved here, and I love it. I, I couldn't live anywhere else now after after being here. I Agreed. Mean, with, yeah, I feel mm-hmm. the same way. You yeah. have all the theme parks, and then you have a beach, and in, in each direction within an hour and a half. So uh, to me, it's like it's it's the dream. It's the dream place to live. You know, be, especially being the uh, the theme park nerd that I am. And uh, what what are some of your favorite aspects of Disney resorts, rides, restaurants? Ah, oh, favorite re- resort, uh, Polynesian. Favorite uh, restaurant, Ohana's. Uh, and <laughs> oh, no. See, I disagree. I think I think Ohana's great. Kevin, Kevin's putting his hand up. Going, uh-uh. <laughs> he just hit me. <laughs> yeah, I took down the wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, favorite park. You know, it's uh, of course the Magic Kingdom is the Magic Kingdom. But as I've gotten older and living here, and not necessarily going to do the rides. Um, Epcot has really yep. grown yeah. on me. Just, do you think that's the natural progression? It is. It yeah. is because yeah. that was the same thing for me. It was Magic yeah. King, always Magic Kingdom for me, and then especially after living here, like you said, and just going to hang out, have dinner, just you know. Uh, Kevin, I think, described it great once, calling it "it's our version of Central Park." Yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Especially if you go over, um, it's it's never even if it, at, a, at a peak season, it's never packed it never has that feeling right. maybe maybe at night once uh you know gets closer to illuminations the world showcase tends to get packed but well for most of the most of the time it's it's you, you can walk around it's a lot more relaxed than the other especially the magic kingdom and then around october november time when we have a little bit of a breeze yeah it's yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. beautiful beautiful and then of course christmas at uh the holidays at, yeah. at, at, at epcot at, yeah or amazing well we're thrilled to have you here thanks, scott thanks. glad you could join us um, with that, we're going to go ahead and get started with the news. Since John isn't here, I will do the news. So first up, Disney announces several new events and campaigns for the next year. Uh, this is all kind of coming into us today. Uh, John, as Kevin mentioned, is over at the Earmarked Conference uh, today, and uh, he's been texting me uh, updates. But first, uh, the big news today is that... Uh, the Disney Vacation Club has finally officially announced uh, the DVC edition at the Polynesian, something that we were the first to uh, break on our April 2nd show. We said that was going to be coming. And uh, lo and behold, now it is official that construction has started, and these are going to be uh, bungalows. Uh, part of this is going to be bungalows over uh, over the water, um, wow. which... I'm really, yeah, really excited that's gonna to be see. Neat. They're also going to be impossible to get reservations oh, yeah. at. But um, some other things that we're hearing are going to be coming up. Uh, there will be another 24-hour theme park event at U.S. Uh, domestic Disney parks to kick off the summer in 2014. No date for that has been announced yet. But for those of you who enjoy doing the 24-hour event, oh, good, uh, that was fun. That's going to be uh, it's going to be coming up again next summer. Uh, they're also going to be launching a new campaign called Do You Look Like a Disney Character? From what we understand, people will submit photos of themselves online 
and others will vote on the best ones, the ones that look most like a character. Okay. I'm, you know, if if you know if you get if you get picked <laughs> that you look like Chip and Dale or you look like a mouse, uh, you know what you're going to oh, get. Man. If you're the winner, if you're the winner, you're going to be brought uh, down to Disney World and get a chance to meet your doppelganger. Um, you get a chance to meet Chip and Dale. <laughs> wow! Well, I think the, I think the, I think the big draw is the, is the oh, trip to Disney World. Okay. But um, they're also going to, going to be launching a new marketing campaign starting September 30th called "Show Your Disney Side." This will be a TV and web campaign encouraging people to show their Disney side, whatever that means. Um, and uh, we're going to find out soon enough, though. September 30th, that's going to launch. Also, we're hearing that uh, PhotoPass, uh, starting this week, is now going to be available on Magic Band. So if you have a Magic Band for your uh, stay, uh, PhotoPass is going to be included on that. If you don't have a Magic Band, they're still going to be using the cards. But for those with Magic Bands, they will now be available there. And they're also going to be rolling out something called Memory Maker, which John says they're all very, very excited about. The expression he used was they were foaming at the mouth. Um, this is going to give you access to all pictures, ride pictures, and video for one price, and will include unlimited photos and ride pictures and mm. things like that. So that's coming up. Um, so this is all the stuff we've been hearing today. Yeah, it's been coming in nonstop. It really has been kind of crazy. Yeah. And this was already, like I said, you know, before we sat down, it was a crazy show. And then I'm getting all this stuff in. It's like, okay, okay, trying to make heads or tails of it. Um, you know, it's always nice to uh, be able to say that. We uh, we were the first ones on the DVC, mm-hmm. the poly DVC stuff, because we don't get to say that all the time. So when we do, I have to make a point of it. <laughs> we were right. Um, but, you know, Kevin, you were saying something. Somebody on the boards was uh, going back, listening Somebody to went predictions. Back and they, yeah, they listened to our shows, and they said we have, a, I think it was an 85 or 89% accuracy rate in predictions we made. Oh, wow. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I was saying, oh, wow, that they actually went back and calculated that. <laughs> <laughs> They might have just been blown to How do I know? I'll go with that. 89% is a good number. Yeah. You know, that's a B plus. Um, so uh, lots of stuff coming up. We're, I'm sure we'll have more information on this in the weeks ahead. Um, next up, Disney Cruise Line has canceled two sailings for unplanned maintenance of the Wonder. Disney Cruise Line has sent letters to guests booked on the January 19th and January 24th, 2014 cruises on the Disney Wonder, stating that these sailings have been canceled. The letter says that the Disney Wonder will be taken out of service for unplanned maintenance. Guests are being asked to contact Disney Cruise Line or their travel agent by September 27th to be rescheduled onto a different sailing. In compensation, they will receive a full refund of the voyage fare and 25% off a future seven-night Caribbean or three- or four-night Bohemian sailing. Uh, Disney Cruise Line will pay any flight change fees that guests may incur. And uh, Dreams Unlimited Travel has already been in contact with our clients on these sailings and is working to rebook them. Mm -hmm. Um, Any word on why? I mean, this is really unusual. It is. And if I was the person on that last December cruise... Well, I'm sure you know. I'm sure it's not a safety issue. If it was a safety issue, if they knew there was a safety issue, they'd be pulling it now. Um, they wouldn't be waiting for January. But there must be some something major going to be done in that two week yeah. period for them to cancel two sailings. I mean, that's an enormous amount of revenue yeah. they're going to lose. Yes. So I, but I haven't heard anything about why. Is anybody? No. And, from, and from people's reaction, it's not only lost revenue. 
it, they've ticked off a bunch of people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's hard to uh, to plan a trip like that with your family, and you know if there's school involved and getting off of work and your flights. Ugh, I could imagine. There's there's uh, you know look, I'm not trying to shill for DCL, but there's got to be a really 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 right. good reason for this. They would never. I don't think I've ever heard in all the years that we've been following Disney Cruise Line since the very beginning. I don't think I've ever heard of them taking anything other than weather. Uh, I've never heard of them taking a ship offline. Well, they've done it before when it's somebody's chartered the whole right. ship. But that, right, yeah. right. But you in terms of them, but that's this is this is they are not. I mean, they're literally pulling the ship out of out of commission for two two sailings, two weeks. So it's kind it's of weird. interesting. I'm very interested to see what this is is going to be about. Um, I'm surprised the news hasn't gotten out why they canceled. Like, what is the maintenance issue? You know, like, I know Disney doesn't want to tell you, but you would think by now somebody on the Internet would have a reason why they did. Well, maintenance could be a, a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, it could be an enhancement. It could be something major they need to add. There may be some something. I don't know. But it's got to be huge for them to do this. It's going to be really, really, really important. Um, so I'm just I'm very curious. And I'm sure, you know, uh, at, at some point this is going to leak what's going on yeah. and so I'm, I'm I'm very anxious in the meantime we should make something up well, well, it's the internet <laughs> it's what that. we do best are you trying to ruin our, our correctness rate <laughs> you can put all the heat on me my, 82% after this week my my, my 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 guess would be my guess would be that there's something they need to add to the ship to support something they're planning to do um, well, I don't that I don't think when I hear maintenance I think some people might think Something has to be fixed, um, and maybe it does. But I'm thinking if it, something really needed to be fixed that badly that they had to take it out of commission for two weeks, um, they would just do it. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It's very, very weird. But I'm sure we'll find out more, and when we do, we'll be sure to bring it to you. And, and before we move on to the uh, the final news story, there was something I uh, forgot to mention in housekeeping. We had an interesting experience on Main Street. At the Halloween oh, that's party. right! I completely so, forgot. Yeah. All right. So, you know, everybody, anybody who watches the show for any length of time knows about my uh, my feelings on the opening of Starbucks on Main Street, and uh, uh, our good friend Jack Bergen uh, had challenged me uh, if he could raise a certain amount of money. I forgot how much money they raised, uh, but if they raised a certain amount of money uh, for Give Kids the World, that I would go in to the Main Street Bakery, order a Starbucks, and drink it. Um, and uh, we were in the Magic Kingdom last week for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, and I figured let's uh, you know let's go ahead and honor that commitment. And uh, using my trusty Google Glass, which I'm wearing right now, I went ahead and recorded the uh, the event of me ordering a Starbucks on Main Street. So here you go. All right, so a bunch of dissers raised money for Give Kids the World. If I would go in to the Starbucks Main Street Bakery and order a Starbucks. So here I go, honoring my pledge. Oh, wait, is, I guess you go in through the... Already I'm confused. Already I don't like it. They have this... They can't even set up the stanchions right. Let alone make a decent cup of coffee. Are you online, ma'am? Oh. 
what is the least what is the least crappy cup of Starbucks coffee I can buy? <laughs> what is the least crappy cup of Starbucks oh, coffee? Crappy, wow. The caramel macchiato is fantastic. Caramel macchiato. Yeah. All right. Oh, you want something hot or iced? Hot. Okay. Yeah, the pumpkin spice lattes. Are you doing those? Yes. Okay, maybe I'll do that. Why Jack? Because I hadn't thought of it until I asked you, you know, that question. Okay. Then we'll go with that. Good flavor in your mouth. That's a good flavor. All righty. Thank you. How are you? I will have the I will have a uh, pumpkin spice latte, uh, medium, whatever that is. Peter. Uh, do you want anything? Nah. You sure? Yeah. I have to do this. Why shouldn't you? I'll get a medium black coffee. Okay. And I paid for it, so there. I've honored my obligation. <laughs> I don't know, do I have to be seen drinking it too? Do they have to see the cup come up to my my mouth? This is already three minutes of my life. I'm not getting back. Okay, so here is the Starbucks. I promise to buy and drink. And here's me drinking it. I have drank a Starbucks on Main Street, honoring the pledge and earning the money you raised for Give Kids the World. So now leave me alone about Starbucks, people. Bye. Okay, so there you have it. I'm shocked that you don't have a coffee name. A coffee name? You give them your real name. I well, give them a fake name every time. Oh, really? Really? I tell I them my name is Excalibur. I'm not in places where I have to give my name for a cup of coffee all that often. Usually it's, can I have a cup of coffee, please? And they give you a cup of coffee. Not at Starbucks. No, we have to go through a whole rigmarole. Don't so you how'd you like name? it? You know, look, the pumpkin spice latte is tolerable. Um, you know, it's Starbucks. I don't like Starbucks. I'm sorry. It's crappy coffee. I don't like it. It's, you know, it's in, in a pinch when there's nothing else around. Their blonde roast, their medium roast is, is, is consumable. Um, but, you know, this is, I, I'm not going to go out of my way. See, to, I don't like it either. I just, uh, I like to be able to order a tall blonde. So that's what I'm <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'm, Me too, I'm, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm addicted to it. Are you really? Yeah. You, you like Starbucks? Yeah, two today already, I think. See, I'm not going to argue with him because yeah. he can take me down. Okay? <laughs> He's like, there's well, it's like way too many bulges coming out of this man. I'm not going to, I'm not going to piss him off. Julie's pretty addicted to it too, and the kids know um, when they when they see a Starbucks, they say cake pop. They know when she gets yeah. a uh, a cup of coffee, it's they eat the cake pop. It's yeah. the marketing. Have That's you right. been to the one at Epcot? I thought the theming no, in there. Really, they really did a as nice as the Main Street Bakery is. I think they did a better job at the one in Epcot. See, I didn't have a, I didn't, I don't have a huge problem with the one here. It's more the one out of Disneyland. I really like that coffee shop out there. But. Well, I'm not going to get into it again. You all know how I feel about it. it I just want to stir you up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's, you know, I'm, I'm still waiting for the super, the super Walmart and Cinderella Castle open. But, um, all right. So finally, in the news this week. Um, we had a, an amazing opportunity to talk to someone uh, that I, I have admired for many, many years. 
uh, the, uh, the legendary Imagineer Joe Rohde, the man responsible for, among other things, Animal Kingdom. Um, he is on his way. He's actually, no, right now he is in the mountains of Western Mongolia um, doing some amazing things uh, that only Joe Rohde could do uh, to help raise awareness and money for the preservation of the snow leopard. We had an opportunity to talk to him a few days ago, and here is that video. All right, on the phone with us right now, legendary Disney Imagineer Joe Rohde, Senior Vice President of Walt Disney Imagineering Creative. And from what I understand, Joe, you are on your way to Mongolia, or are you in Mongolia right now? I am in Mongolia right now. I'm in a hotel room in Ulaanbaatar, uh, which is the capital of Mongolia. Uh, we're here for one night, and we catch a small prop plane tomorrow and fly across most of the country, which is hundreds and hundreds of miles, uh, to western Mongolia, which is the Altai Mountains. Uh, and that's where most of this expedition will take place, in the Altai Mountains. And you are on a mission right now to help raise awareness and money to uh, help save the snow leopard, if I'm, if I'm correct? Yeah, it's snow leopard conservation. This area, the Altai Mountains, first of all, many people don't know, you know, snow leopards are a really peculiar creature, highly mountain-adapted cat. They're actually related to tigers. Uh, they live in extremely remote mountain areas, and they have all these peculiar adaptations. They're really cool. They're super camouflaged. I mean, I've seen one before in the wild and watched it right in front of me like Predator just disappear. Hmm. Just disappear. Not behind a bush, just disappear. Um, fabulous creatures. Um, and, and savable creatures, because they live in a place where, you know, we're never going to build condos in these nasty, craggy, snowy mountains. Um, so it's one of these missions that, if you put some effort into it, can really be successful. Um, and I was going to go to Mongolia anyway. I'm a painter anyway. I just thought, why not do something more purposeful with the journey than simply putter around, you know, painting landscapes? Uh, so it all sort of came together as partly a kind of an aesthetic adventure, uh, a partly a, a serious desire to do something meaningful in conservation, um, and partly I'm going into a very remote area that still could use some survey and examination and description. Um, and I'm a member of the Explorers Club, uh, and so I applied for an Explorers Club flag, and that obliges me uh, to produce a report on the area. So there's really kind of three things going on. Wow. Now, um, you know, you, obviously, as the uh, creative force uh, behind Animal Kingdom, your, uh, uh, your interest in conservation and awareness uh, certainly woven into the, the fabric of that project. Uh, what what is it that you plan to do in Mongolia to raise money? You said you're going to be doing some painting and some some yeah. landscapes. Yeah. So I have this idea. I'm going to do these very uh, the biggest paintings I can do. Mon Mongolia is a big place, um, and I feel like it deserves these big paintings. So I'm taking two easels, not one, so I can stretch a canvas that's probably about five feet wide by four feet high have to rig it like a tent uh, and then in order to get these paintings done i have to do a painting in a day i'm trying to do 10 paintings 
uh, have no more than a day to get these paintings done. So they're going to be very, almost like abstract expression and really brushy, really vigorous paintings. And they're meant to kind of capture the spirit of this wild land that has this wild animal in it. Um, I'm going to try to not use brushes. I'm going to make brushes out of camel hair and horse hair and eagle feathers. And uh, so it should have this really um, raw quality to it. I think it's going to be very exciting that way. Then once the paintings are done, there's a big art show here in Ulaanbaatar at a gallery called 976 Gallery. Very prestigious. As a matter of fact, the art that's up on the walls right now, which you can see if you go to their website, really intimidating because it's really good. Um, and uh, so it'll be up there for one night. It's a one-night show. And then what doesn't sell in Mongolia comes to the U.S., and then I'll sell it there. All the money goes to the Snow Leopard Conservancy, and they give it to this group called Irbis Mongolia, and they spend it on field research and conservation. Oh, um, wow. So I'm trying to field this money directly. Just I learned this from the Disney Wildlife, uh, Worldwide Conservation Fund. You want the money to go to the field. Uh, as deep into the field as you can get, because that's where that money goes the furthest. So this really did this this really did kind of evolve from your work with Animal Kingdom. Oh, totally. I mean, uh, you know, I've worked for years with wildlife conservation people, and, and you know, through the Disney Wildlife Conservation Fund, we do all kinds of stuff for conservation. And I was early on involved in pushing the idea that we should have a conservation fund. Uh, that we should, you know, tie Animal Kingdom to a conservation fund. Um, but I haven't, I haven't had the opportunity to do anything of any scale on my own. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was. Uh, I've done a few paintings for donations to auctions and things like that, but nothing of this scale. Uh, and I wanted to go to Mongolia anyway, um, and. I thought it would just be a more meaningful trip and actually be a bigger adventure if I could turn it into something like this. And so that's kind of where it all came from. Awesome. That's just awesome. And I, although you can't see me, I'm proudly wearing my Alani polo. Uh, I was <laughs> just out there. I had my Have second. Have you been to Alani? Uh, actually, we had our second trip out to Alani uh, in May. We did a real big uh, broadcast from there. Uh, did a live broadcast uh-huh. from Alani in May. And it was a huge success for us and just absolutely, abs- it, it, it is, honest to God, the best Disney resort in the world. Um, and I, been to I pretty much to, all of them. I, I think I'm more proud of that than Animal Kingdom. I really think that that is an uh, important project Very. for us to have done. What impressed me most about that, what impressed me most about that is, is as we would go around Honolulu, on, on both my trips, as we would go around Honolulu, and just talk to locals, nobody associated with the resort or with Disney. And we would mention Olani uh, to, to a, a, a one. They all said the same thing. It was the most authentic Hawaiian experience yeah, that, they, that they've seen. Right. And I think that gives great Couldn't credit have done to you. that without Hawaiians. Now, um, from what I understand, the largest population of snow leopards uh, exist in China or in areas controlled by China. Uh, is the Chinese government responsive to conservation efforts, uh, uh, protection efforts for the snow leopard? Uh, the Chinese government is doing a really uh, pretty good job with that stuff. Now, this Mongolia, a lot of people don't understand. Mongolia is its own country. It is not part of China. It is Mongolia. Um, and so the, the snow leopard population that we are dealing with, which is Western Mongolia, um, 
while it is not as large as the total number of snow leopards in China, is, I think, the largest block, um, certainly the largest block in this whole region. It's why it's so important. Um, the Altai Mountains in Mongolia hold a large enough population of snow leopards that if they can be preserved, they can serve as, you know, repopulation seed stock to move them back into even the Altai Mountains that are in Russia and Kazakhstan, um, which are more depleted than the ones in Mongolia. So I don't really have to, you know, it doesn't really touch upon Chinese conservation politics because, guess what, Mongolia is its own country. It's its own country. Um, now, one of the reasons these are the, the snow leopards are endangered is because they're poached. They're poached uh, because their uh, their fur is valuable for the fur and for the animal parts. Same as tigers, exactly. And um, the other thing is uh, um, they they run into conflict with herders. That's probably the bigger challenge. Um, the The whole economic nature of herding has changed in Central Asia and Mongolia because of a huge boom in um, the wool industry and specifically cashmere. So herders who used to maybe have 17 goats to keep their family alive now have 400 goats, and each of those goats is worth a fortune to them because they're making cashmere off of them. So the goats get out there. Of course, they eat down the landscape. The native animals that uh, the snow leopard would, you know, largely prey upon, they got to move on. Uh, so the snow leopard is out there and he's eating a goat. And the guy looks at the goat and thinks, well, there goes my profit and loss statement. I'm going after this snow leopard. Right. Uh, so a lot of the solutions have to do with land management and livestock management. For example, as, as bad as uh, it is to lose an animal to a snow leopard, um, they lose more animals to veterinary problems. So if you fix the veterinary problems, you know, you could balance out the population of animals, you know, better probably than, than just trying to go directly after the snow leopard problem. Um, uh, and Snow Leopard Conservancy and Irbis have a whole series of programs uh, that they're operating uh, in this region. They all work with local people because you can't do this. You can't do this without working with local people. The local people are the people who live there. Um, and it's got to be their decision how this goes down and what gets done. Um, now, I, I can't offer expertise in that regard. All I can do is sort of offer, you know, the thing that I do. I'm an artist. I right. can offer uh, the benefit of this art to do that. And, and I sort of have this other sub-message. Of, you know, we're all out here living our lives. Very few of us can interrupt our lives and go off and live in the rainforest and, and save the world that way. But there's all these little things that I believe we really can do while we're living our lives. Um, and these little impacts uh, cumulatively build up, and they can really make a difference. A lot of people don't do anything because they think doing something small isn't going to make a difference. And really, that's it's not true. Um, you know, these small uh, decisions, little decisions that we make. And when I say we, I mean we who live in the more developed world. Right. Our decisions have a huge impact at the other end. It's like navigating a boat on an ocean and making a two-degree change of course. Two degrees isn't much, but it sure is when you get to the other end. So I think it's a thing. It's it's like a attitude about what you can do with yourself. And it's an adventure. I mean, there's no doubt that this is going to be like this cool adventure into the mountains, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of itching for a big adventure, and so I needed to make one. Um, and and it's very hard uh, to get an adventure to happen without a, a solid reason to do it. And, it, and I think this is a good reason. 
Now, uh, I understand from the press release that was sent out that a snow leopard once saved your hide in a meeting with a Disney executive. Uh, Can you tell me about that? Oh, that was a, I said a big cat, not a snow leopard. Oh, a big cat. Okay. Tiger story. Yeah. The famous tiger story, you know, where we brought the tiger into the boardroom. Right. Um, years and years ago. Uh, and it is kind of true. You know, I mean, my, my whole career hinges on this moment which is all about the sex appeal of big cats. It's all about this cat, right? Walking into a room and nobody being able to trump the cat. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the reason that's possible is because it's a wild animal, right? You know that it's wild. You know all the stuff that it represents. It's why I think it's more than just a logical argument. It's more than just a, uh, you know, economic even an ecological argument. We want these animals to be out there. We want there to be wild animals in the world so we can get that feeling you get when you're around them, right? Mm -hmm. That's a cool feeling. And if they're not there, we don't get that feeling of wild animals. And that's another thing, you know, Animal Kingdom was built around that, right? Built around this idea of letting people have a little taste of the feeling of what it means to be in a place you know, with these animals living the way they want to live around you. Um, and the truth is, like Animal Kingdom itself, if we want that to be, it's our responsibility to make it happen. It's not going to happen if we don't make it happen. Exactly. Now, when you, uh, uh, after your trip is done and you return back to the States, uh, if people want to look at the artwork you're creating on this trip or bid on it, buy it, where do you where do you plan on 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 featuring it? I don't know the stateside uh, sale condition yet uh, because I don't know how many pieces I'm returning with. Okay. Um, so I'm waiting to see how it goes in Mongolia. Also, the stuff is going to come back to the United States at rolled up canvas. Uh, so I'm going to have to get it, you know, uh, framed up and set up. So there'll be weeks in there for me to figure out where I'm going to place them and how I'm going to liquidate them. Um, and I will, of course, let everybody know on the website and the Twitter site and the YouTube site and all the various sites, um, um, you know, how that's all going down. Um, and then we'll just see. We'll see where it goes. There'll be sketches and there'll be paintings and um, and also I'm videotaping the whole thing. I'm bringing along a very old friend of mine who I've known since I was uh, 14 years old who's a videographer, and we're going to... Um, video document the whole thing and we'll oh. see if there's enough of that there that we can put together uh, at least kind of a YouTube series on it or something. Oh, that'd be incredible. That'd be yeah, incredible. That'd be cool. Well, just, I mean, just hearing about this, just hearing about, you know, you, you kind of taking this adventure and, uh, you know, the things that have, have been born from your adventures. Uh, I'm fascinated to see uh, where this goes and, and what you do with it, as I'm sure many, many, many Disney fans will be. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're so, uh, so in awe of some of the work that you have done, especially at animal kingdom and, uh, that what you're doing here and, and the way you're kind of tying this in, uh, to your passion is, uh, is really admirable and very inspiring. And, uh, I well, think, thank you. like you said, you know, small changes, small, small contributions, uh, uh, build up and, and make a difference. And uh, I think we've seen that. I think everybody's seen that in some way in their own lives and can certainly yeah. see that here. 
Um, but uh, I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see what you uh, what you create, and what you come back with, and uh, hope you'll give me a crack at bidding on it because I'd love to buy a piece. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> and 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 as much as I can, I'll be posting even the images online. People will be able to see this happen when we have a signal. We're going to push stuff out. Uh, so whenever we have a signal, you're going to see this stuff happening, uh, and you'll see what I'm working on. Um, and and like I say, I mean. It's, it, it's, it's all really part of one big idea. Animal Kingdom is part of a big idea. Aulani is part of a big idea. This is part of a big idea. And a simple idea, which is that we can, we can do things. We can make a difference in the things that we do. Um, and we don't have to just sit there and shrug and, and, and moan. You know, that, oh, it's too bad, it's too bad. No, you can go out and engage and do something. And so I hope, if nothing else, people take a lesson from that and find something that they themselves can personally do and choose to do it. I couldn't have said it better myself. Joe, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and tell us about your adventures. And I hope we can talk to you when you get back and tell us more about uh, about the experience. I'd be happy to. I'll have a lot more to say. <laughs> Great. Joe Rohde, everybody. Thanks very much, Joe. All right. Uh, that, was, uh, that was an exciting thing to do. Uh, and it, like I said, it happened very, happened very quickly. Like, this all went down like Saturday night, like very early Sunday morning. Wow. And, uh, uh, and uh, I'm a, I'm his publicist, uh, R.J. Garris, is a good friend of mine. And uh, he reached out to me and said, look, Joe's doing this thing. Would you like to talk to him? I'm like, yeah. And uh, the timing of it was uh, uh, we did it Sunday morning. And uh, so it was, it was real exciting. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, Joe only recently uh, put a presence on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, uh, like August. So um, if you want – and he's posting a lot of stuff on Twitter uh, from this trip. So I really encourage everybody to go follow him. It's at Joe underscore Rohde, R-O-H-D-E, uh, on Twitter. And uh, also look him up on Facebook and YouTube. We'll have links to his uh, stuff, to his uh, social media accounts right. on the show notes page, disunplugged.com. Uh, go subscribe to his YouTube channel. Uh, like him on Facebook and follow him on Twitter. And uh, this, this will be a developing, a developing story that we'll cover. Um, and really looking forward to talking to him when he gets back. You know, when he talked about like making the brushes I know. Yeah. from camel hair and eagle feathers, wow. I'm like, okay, that that only. Don't Joe, you feel like a slacker? I, I just, yeah. it's like, okay, I, you, yeah, I, I went I to imagine, Michael's. Well, I imagine, I imagine spending any amount of time around Joe Rody would make you feel like you wear a lot of beige. I'm going to Germany yeah. and I'm going to make my own silverware. <laughs> you know, um, but you know, this is why he is who he is. This guy is an amazing artist. And, you know, whatever you think of Animal Kingdom, there's no way you can not walk around that park and see that artistic hand and talent Mm -hmm. in every aspect of it. And, uh, you know, even more so for me, after Dustin did uh, his Undiscovered Animal Kingdom series earlier this year, which I encourage everybody now to go back. And let's make sure we put links to that back in the show notes page as well um, so people can really kind of get an additional appreciation uh, for Joe's work. And... uh, and also, thank you, Dustin, for doing an amazing job producing that. Um, really did a beautiful job uh, putting that together. And uh, 
uh, really proud of it and really, uh, really happy we had the opportunity to do it. So, uh, and, and thanks, of course, to R.J. Garris and to Joe Rohde for taking the time to, to talk to us. So, very excited about that. Yeah. Very excited. It was really cool. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, just uh, as far as modern-day Imagineers go, I, I think between Joe Rohde and, and Tony Baxter, those are the two two names that stick out of, you know, the, the uh, I don't want to say most popular, but of the most well-known of, of today's Imagineers. Well, I mean, you know, I think they... As far they've... as influence in the parks or what you see now. Well, that's uh, it. It's, I think they've had, I think those two in particular right now in, in terms of, of, you know, along with, of course, uh, uh, John Lasseter. Of course, um, yeah. But uh, you know, had had the most influence uh, in 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 the parks and in these things that we love so much. I mean, this is our passion. We we love the Disney parks, and you know, Joe Rohde is one of those people, one of those rare few people who uh, whose whose vision and artistic ability has really really influenced it so heavily. There's something else about him. I mean, if you pass Tony Baxter in a suit in the park, unless you know who Tony Baxter is. You're probably just going to walk by a guy in a suit in a park. Yeah. yeah. You walk by Joe Rohde and he's got that earring fluttering behind him. And he just, you know, he kind of looks like um, Captain Jack Sparrow, you know? Yeah. So no, he does. There's a certain rock star quality to him. Yeah. Oh, you know, he's absolute right. total Disney rock star. Right. There's no question. And uh, from what I understand, uh, what was funny, one of the tweets when he landed in Mongolia, uh, what he tweeted was, the earring has landed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I wonder how he gets that thing through security. Because what he's done, what I understand what he's done with that earring is that earring is just all um, little artifacts and mementos of the different trips he's taken. So every time he goes someplace, he adds something to that earring. And oh, if you wow. look at his ear, it's like, yeah. you know, this ear is normal. This ear is hanging down here. Um, but, uh, you know, just, you know, he's always fascinated me. And uh, uh, you know, having, this, having an opportunity to talk to him was a real thrill. I mean, I'm a huge, huge, huge Joe Rohde fan. And so, I mean, it was, this was one of those moments for me as a Disney fan where I pinch myself and go, my God, I have the best job in the world. <laughs> so, uh, so thanks again, Joe and RJ, for setting this up for yeah, us. It was, it, awesome. was, it was awesome. And uh, that is going to do it for the news. We are going to move on to Rapid Fire. And I will throw it over to the lovely and talented Kevin Close. Oh, I love lovely and talented. <laughs> uh, they're going to be bringing food trucks to downtown Disney. We've seen them pop up here and there. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to be Disney food trucks. There's going to be four of them. I guess we could have predicted that, right? Right. <laughs> it's not the local food trucks in. These are now <laughs> Disney food trucks. So in my mind, these are called new counter service locations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't mom and pop are driving into downtown Disney. There's going to be four separate trucks and they're going to reference the theme parks. The first truck is Enchanted Fair. It's going to be favorite from Disney parks, including some international items. Examples are the Croque Monsieur from Magic Kingdom, the Glass Noodle Salad from Hong Kong Disneyland, and hand-dipped corn dogs from Disneyland Park in California. It's an international counter service. The second one is the World Showcase of Flavors, item from Epcot International Food and Wine Festival, including grass-fed beef sliders, pierogies with kielbasa, and lobster rolls. Truck Hmm. three is superstar catering, different versions of meatballs, including lamb meatball and flatbread with tzatziki. (laughs) Say it again. Tzatziki. It's a yogurt-based dip with cucumber and dill. I just watched a cooking show. No, I'm pretty sure it's a Mongolian paintbrush. (laughs) 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 
Uh, the net last one is the Namaste Cafe and dishes using a variety of spices and served with naan bread, including butter chicken, slow cooked beef, short ribs, and tandoori spice shrimp. In other words, sana. So there's going to be four theme, four food trucks. Disney's jumped onto the food truck bandwagon. However, Smart. in my opinion, they've sucked the soul out of it. I was just going to yeah. say, you know, now does this mean that? The other food trucks that were there are not going to be allowed. I'm guessing Disney's not letting compet- competing food trucks on their property. Yeah, that's uh, I've seen these park. They're parked down behind Cirque du Soleil, I think, in that lot back back there. If if it's if it's what you're talking about, it, it seemed to me like we saw them one time at the uh, fest, not the Festival of the Masters. Yeah, last year's yeah. Festival of the Masters mm-hmm. had some. Yeah, and we made mention of it, and I think that's great. But it was a local area, uh, food right? Truck. Which has yeah, which I still have yet to eat at a food truck. Um, I have, I, you know, I, and like where I live, like on the dr- main road outside where I live, uh, there every Wednesday they're there, and I just never go. I don't. One know of the why. cool things is they're I- encouraging young chefs who don't have money to start their own restaurant. It's kind of an yeah. easier way to start up. It's great. This is. This is just my opinion without having tried it. This is going to be corporate Disney food, and we're all going to stand there and go, so what's the big deal about food trucks? You know, now it's instead of walking up to a little building, you're going to walk up to a counter on a truck. Yeah, that was my thought. They're going to suck the soul out of of the experience. You can use your your magic band there. Right. (laughs) So I don't mean to criticize something but without trying it. But it seems to me that one of the things that I really liked about it was the sort of grassroots feel to yeah. it. This doesn't feel grassroots. But the other ones, um, when they were there, they were hit. They were hit or miss as far as like um, you might go one weekend they were there, the other weekend they weren't. I, I like that. There's going to be something consistent. Now we did talk to one of the owners, and he said we would come here every week. Disney won't let us. It's up to Disney who they let on and when they didn't. And I think what they were what they did was they were brought on as auxiliary food places when right. they expected a crowd. So, you know, I love Disney, but they don't always do things out of the generosity of spirit. I mean, not everything's a snow leopard. Um, <laughs> I think these people were brought in to fill in empty spaces. Uh, that would be interesting if a you know, snow leopard was on the menu. Of the truck. <laughs> um, I think it's nice, though, that, they do, that you now have more choices at Downtown Disney. Oh, I agree. I, agree I don't know that people are going to go there just because now there's Disney food trucks. I agree that, the, you know, choice is always a good thing. But I think the idea of walking up and, you know, talking to the owner operator is different than walking up to a cast member making oh, a right. highly minimum wage who's serving the same stuff they served yesterday. You know, yeah. I don't think there's any right. kind of buy into it. Mm. I think it's kind of cool, too. I, there, there don't seem to be a lot of options at downtown Disney for counter service. So for walking be, up. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can go to the Namaste Cafe and get butter, chicken, and naan. Mm. With my go. refillable mug. <laughs> and your wristband. Your magic band. I am incredible. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Do that again. Cut to I Kevin. I am incredible. <laughs> it's the incredible shrinking Kevin, by That's the right. way. Very good. 135 pounds. 135 wow. pounds. My, my boy's lost. It looks awesome. Doing great. Doing great. Thank you, Kevin. Kathy. Mine is really rapid. Starting nine eight. Thanks very much, Kathy. <laughs> if you buy anything at a, a Disney park, they won't ship it to a post office box. So you have to give them a street address now. Oh, that's interesting. Wonder what that's about. Uh, I know that there are part Disney. Some of the Disney travel services won't ship to a post office box either, because a lot of the stuff they ship doesn't fit in a post office box. Mm. So a lot of it means that store they get feet are. 
pushback from places who now have to store, you know, you buy the Epcot ball to fit onto your monorail track around your Christmas tree. That puppy's big. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Kathy. Corey Patrick. Uh, there's a charity tennis event coming to ESPN Wide World of Sports November 17th. Uh, some of the people, Elton John, <gasps> Andy Roddick, <laughs> Venus Williams, and Billie Jean King will be playing at the charity event. Well, well, how does Elton John fit into the pro tennis Well, he's players? going Elton. For, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Uh-oh. We're talking Elton. You're talking Elton now. Okay. <laughs> Elton has done a charity tennis event for many, many years. One of his best friends in the world, Billie Jean King, uh, and and he have have done this for uh. for many, many years. Oh my God, it's coming! Oh, I, I have to go. When is this? When? 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 It's November seventeenth. It's um, this is going to help raise money for the Elton John AIDS Foundation and the Hope um, and Help Center of Central Florida. Uh, tickets can be purchased between fifty dollars and one hundred twenty-five dollars. There's also a VIP package available for five hundred. It includes courtside seating and admission to a, a VIP reception um, in an auction. <laughs> when does it go on sale? Um, I think you can buy them now. <laughs> for VIP tickets, you can call. Okay, turn the cameras off. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> call what? Well, you go to uh, the website. Uh, it's on Ticketmaster and also wttsmashhits.com, and there's a phone number you can call for VIP tickets. It's 407-574-2599. I swear to God I'm doing it at the break. I'm I sure you will. Swear to You've God already I'm brought up the, the website, haven't you? Now, uh, now, Billie Jean King and Elton John, they're going to be the, um, the coaches. They're not going to be playing tennis. So uh, one will, one will coach one, the other will coach the other, and that's. Does but, Andy, but they'll, they'll be courtside. I think I would pay double to pay watch Elton John for tennis. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd be happy. To oh, go he did there for just, many years, though. Oh, really? the, with charity event, yeah. yeah. I'm happy just to go see Andy Roddick. He's one of my favorite American tennis players. So, very good. He's uh, retired, right? You had he, me at Elton. He just retired last year. He made it all the way to Wimbledon. They played like 15 sets in a row, him and uh, Roger Federer. But Roger Federer is a robot and beat him. So he had to retire after that. Too bad for Andy Roddick. I'm so excited. I'm so yeah. excited. <laughs> He's excited about Elton John. No, no, no. no. El- understand something. Elton John is like my favorite entertainer in the world. He's fantastic. Period. Since I was a kid, um, I, I own one of the only copies of the Lion King CD signed, personalized, and signed to me by Elton and Tim Rice. And it is my is one of my prized possessions, my prized possession. So, no, I'm a huge, 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 huge Elton John fan. And uh, so that's very, very exciting. Yeah. Wow. They said more guests will be added as the event gets closer. I don't right care now. about anybody else. <laughs> Just give me, give me Elton. Elton John gets Pete to go to Wild World Sports. That's the only way you're getting me in there. <laughs> That's the only tantrums and tiara, baby. Tantrums and tiaras. Great documentary on Elton John. Go look it up. It's on iTunes. Tantrums and tiaras. Um, thank you very much, Corey. Dustin Thomas. Yes, I have a um, what's turning into an annual event um, over at the Royal uh, Royal Pacific. I can't talk. Royal Pacific Hotel over at Universal. Um, Jake's All American Bar is uh, having their beer dinner, their annual beer dinner on November 21st from 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, for this event, Universal is partnering with Kona Brewing Company from Hawaii. Uh, mm-hmm. A four course dinner will be served uh, by the award winning chefs there at uh, Royal Pacific. And uh, 
you can uh, it's it's uh, $55 it comes with a beer package or beer pairings $55 and gratuity is included and your parking is free uh, all you have to do is uh, call their uh, call their number it's 407 503 3200 or visit the uh, the Royal Caribbean uh, Royal Caribbean, Royal Pacific I can't talk the Royal Pacific website and you can make reservations again that's November 21st uh, this year, 2012, and it's Jake's American Bar having a beer dinner. So, you know, if we're in town, maybe I'll check that out. I don't know. Awesome. Be good. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Dustin. Sean James. All right. I'll swing the microphone over to me. Um, so I think I've talked about Hipster Mickey a lot on the show. Um, it's this specific artwork that is created um, to be sold at the Wonderground Gallery um, by a guy named Jared Mariyama. And he has a brand new um, print coming out called Hanging at Trader Sam's. Which is fantastic because it ties in not only Hipster Mickey, which I love, but also Trader Sam's. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, and it's debuting on October 19th. There's an event from 2 to 4 at the Wonderground Gallery. And you can meet him. He'll be there to sign it. And wow, I want to be there so bad. I love Hipster I Mickey. Know. I have a giant one in my living room. Yep. Love that print, him holding the coffee. But this one's really cool. Um, he's just chilling out with a suitcase. It's got Travel the, Mickey. It's yeah, Disneyland Mickey Mac. Hotel. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. the, the Mouse Book Pro yeah. is what it is. Yeah, The Mouse Book Pro. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's great. It's so cool. I'm sorry. I was just informed I'm not going to be in town on November 17th. I hate my job. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't hold me to that, but I think I'm right. He is. We were thinking it, too. <laughs> you're, you're right. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 have no, I have no reason to live. I have no reason you left to live. You can't see Elton John. This is my James. last shot. This is my, I have no reason to live. I'm not, I, I can't stand I'd it. I'd go for you if it wasn't tennis. Aw. Elton's a big wow. res- Elton's a big wrestling fan. He's supposed to come over to the house and hang out after the tennis. Shut um, up! Try, so. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> don't don't, don't. If, you, if you're around, you're welcome. All right, to come we'll do over. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Elton and the kids. Yeah. 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 The door. The door is the door is down the hall to the left. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sean Gregory. Yeah. So um, on tomorrow, I guess it is now September 18th. Uh, Princess Fairy Tale Hall over in Fantasyland is going to be opening up. Um, it's the new chance to meet Cinderella and Rapunzel in their new little setting, along with some random friends from time to time. And uh, it's uh, I don't like it. I think it's a waste of a space. You could have kept a ride there, but <laughs> wow. it's opening. Wow. I cannot wait to yeah. take Finley. I think she's going to oh, love she'll that. She'll love it. Yeah. You have to stop candy coating things, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> this is like turning into Star Search. We have microphones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, Scott, you have something. Yes, the uh, Give Kids a World 5K Gingerbread Run on uh, November, November 2nd at 8 a.m. Um, you can register at uh, the Gingerbread uh, gingerbreadrun.org it's uh, $25 for adults and 10 for kids and my plan is this year to finally do it every year I say I'm going to do it with my kids and uh, this year I think I'm gonna be able, it's gonna, my schedule is going to work So, do you run a lot? Do you? Um, just from my kids yeah. Okay. <laughs> from or for? From. Okay. Yeah. From. <laughs> no, I, I do. I do run a lot. So, so it'll be fun. Awesome. I have one more thing to fill in. It's just totally random. But we talked about people being here and you being a big fan of Elton John. Lily Tomlin is doing a rare appearance. She doesn't do live appearances much anymore, and she's going to be doing it February fifth at the Peabody Auditorium in Daytona Beach. And is I it her one woman show? It's. Um, it's called Classic Lily. She's oh. going to be doing things from 
that people consider classic bits yeah. of hers. And I believe there's a question and answer period. I bought my tickets the other day, but if you're interested, oh, wow. um, search for Lily Tomlin at the Peabody Auditorium in Daytona. That's about an hour, hour and 20 minutes from Disney, depending on how fast you drive. But um, the tickets were 65 bucks, so wow. they weren't outrageously overpriced. But the chance to see Lily Tomlin is worth driving to Daytona. Awesome. All right. That will do it for Rapid Fire. Um, we want to spend some time talking about the event, the unusual event that Disney did on Friday the 13th at Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, Unleash the Villains. Uh, we sent Sean and Craig over there, uh, which I think they are mad at me about, uh, <laughs> because um, Disney got a crowd, I think, that they were not anticipating. And this ended up being really problematic. Now, uh, fortunately, for those of you who follow us on live stream, uh, you got to watch those amazing fireworks. One of the most amazing fireworks shows I think I've ever seen Disney put on. We broadcast it live Friday the 13th. It is, of course, up on our YouTube channel as well. But uh, Sean and Craig paid with their blood uh, in order to get that video. So I want to turn it over to them for a few minutes and have them talk about this event because uh, a lot of people are saying they hope they do it again. They hope they do it again. But uh, they really were not prepared for this, were they? Yeah, I, I hope they do it again, too. I, this was one of the first events that they announced um, for Limited Time Magic. So they had plenty of time to prepare for it. I don't know why they were so unprepared. I just don't think... I didn't think... I, I think they did, didn't realize the size crowd they were going to I, I have some rough numbers, actually. I think they were expecting about 25,000, and it was 13,000 over that. So wow. what they expected 13,000 more people than what they thought. So that's huge. Um, well, they've been doing things like strawberry Mickey ears. This was a much better deal. I know. Yeah. This is, like, by far the best event that they've done. Well, and, um, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say... Um, the options for things to do at that night were slim because they had the Halloween party going on at Magic Kingdom. So if you didn't want to pay the extra money to get a ticket, it's like, why why go home back to the hotel whenever I could go over to Hollywood Studios because it's going to be open till 1 a.m.? So I think everyone planned ahead. Any cast member who wasn't working that night seemed to be there. Both at Disney or Universal. Yeah, everyone that <laughs> I knew yeah. from Universal was there walking around. Um you know, people came from all over. And I think beyond that, the event. villains are a huge draw for people. Yeah. So people are really interested in this and want to see the villains. I mean, special fireworks, rare villains to take photos with. Um, so, I mean, the draw is there. People want to see this. Um, yeah. And it was definitely the rarity, too, of it. Like, the chance to meet Oogie Boogie, which yeah. was a really big well, issue like, for people because he was supposed to be one of the first characters to come out. And they were telling people who were waiting in line for hours who they were going to get to see. So everyone's waiting for Oogie Boogie, and they're so excited. And then Jafar comes out instead. Make him say Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> now, but but Craig, I, I think um, talk about what it took you to get into the park. Well, I Sean got there. What time? Yeah, I had seen updates on Twitter that it was crazy busy. That all over property, even I four was starting to get backed up. So I left. My house around 5.30, and I got there around 6.15. It took me a long time to park. Yeah. Um, but I was in the actual park itself by 6.30 or maybe 6.45. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't think it would be an issue. I only live 10 minutes away, so I figured I'd leave at 6.15. I wouldn't have an issue. So um, the first thing Sean said was the parking lot's getting full. So I decided to go. My sister was staying at Art of Animation, so I was like, I'll go park there and uh, – you know, I'll see her, and then after that, I'll just take a bus over to Hollywood Studios. So 
I get there and all the bus lines are huge. Like the Magic Kingdom one, they actually had two separate bus sections just to try to get people over there for the party. And the first thing I noticed was all these people are going back to their rooms wearing their costumes really angry because they were already in line for about an hour waiting for a bus. Um, oh, my God. Kylie and I waited about 30 minutes to get on a bus. And then once it finally came, the driver pulled up and said, we think it's going to be about 45 minutes to an hour to get you over there. This was at about 6 Fifty-seven o'clock. Now, keep in, keep keep in mind for those of you who may not be familiar, you can pretty much throw a rock and hit Hollywood Studios from Art of Animation. So, for it to take thirty to forty-five minutes, well, and that's nothing. Yeah, that, that was just a small estimate, yeah. and that was exactly that was the estimate. Um, we were starting to get reports once I posted those times. Um, then listeners started saying that it was taking. They were sitting on buses for two hours. Um, I think the record I heard was three hours on a bus. Three hours on a bus. Three Just stopped hours. in traffic. Yeah. And so we figured we really wanted to go. We had to go for the fireworks and to see everything since I was covering it. So we actually walked 1.4 miles from Art of Animation to the entrance of Hollywood Studios. And then, and then further, because that just gets you to the uh, security booth. So we walked about two miles in total just to get there through the grass it's don't do it um (laughs) it it was dark there were lakes all around on the side um you know thank god there was a lot of cars there so we had light but normally from what i understand disney security will pick you up instantly and take you back to your hotel or even worse they'll call opd on you for walking around on property um what yeah, you're That's, not supposed to walk around property. Yeah, unless there's a walkway, which there's obviously not going there. But um, the so one, but security didn't stop you at any point. They wouldn't have had any way to get around. Yeah, so uh, they they would have got stuck in traffic too, so, unless they started driving through the. So grass. you went rogue. Yeah, and I mean we were <laughs> Sarah Palin. We were dressing dark and hiding behind <laughs> trees, all that stuff. But no, we wa- we had to walk just to get there. And, <laughs> Oh, and halfway through it, like we started noticing other people were following behind us. So by the time we got to the security booth at Hollywood Studios, we had maybe like eight people. It was like the Disney Trail of Tears. But you know what? Then we figured they couldn't say anything to us. We finally had numbers. Sorry. I'm so so sorry. What, too soon? I don't know. (laughs) The Disney Trail of Tears. But yeah, we, we went through a lot just to get there. And then I don't know if I was happy with it once we were there. I know people who sat in traffic for three and a half hours on I-4 and didn't move. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough I made it to Art of Animation, but from then on I had to walk. Yeah. So and, now once you're in the park and the event starts, you couldn't move around. I mean, it was pretty much impossible to get Yeah, so get what up. happened? They really kind of corralled people to the front of the park. Um I think in the beginning just to kind of control the crowd, but then afterwards, because of the fireworks, because they were shooting them so close to the Sorcerer Hat, they had to block it because the fireworks were actually like in the park. Well, yeah. The, I'll just, I know you said it was really busy whenever the first part of the show was going on where they announced mm-hmm. the villains. Yeah. I was obviously walking. That's why we don't have any video at that point because I thought I'd already be in the park. And they didn't even, that was part of the issue with the whole event too. They just gave a brief schedule of what was going to happen but they did have this huge villain show starting the night off and they didn't they didn't ever announce it? it 
They had Hades and Megra. They were hosting it. Yeah. And then they would announce the other 13 or 12 villains. 13. Hades wasn't one of them? No, Hades wasn't. All right, so they announced 13 more. Yeah. They tried. <laughs> but no, they. Can you, can you name all the villains that were there? <laughs> um, Starting with O. Starting with the K's. O- Oogie Boogie. <laughs> what was it? Oogie. Oogie. Oogie Boogie. Oogie. Oogie Boogie. He makes a funny face when he says it. Oogie Boogie. <laughs> There were a lot. The, the important ones were the bowler hat guy from Meet the Robinsons, Oogie Boogie from That's the important from Christmas. One? Oh, the, yeah. The rare ones. So Shan Yu from, Shan Yu from Mulan, the big crazy guy with the mustache. Um, Radcliffe. Rad, well, he's kind of. Yeah, you don't Radcliffe. get to meet him. Sure, yeah. So the, the, the rare ones were the most draw because people wanted to meet them and take their photo with them. Do you think this is a test on Disney's part to see if there was interest in a, in no. a more of an adult theme? If it wasn't a test, you know they're sitting back there now going, hey, how, how, how do we make well, money off this? You know, what, look, sure. there, was the, there was the rumor that went around years ago that the Fifth Gate was going to be right. a villain's theme park. Um, and, you know, there was actually plans drawn up, and there were things that were happening. But then 9-11 happened, the recession hit, right. um, and that kind of got wiped away. Uh so I think if it wasn't them testing out the waters, at this point, they're taking a look at what just happened mm-hmm. and saying, okay, what do we, we got to... But I th- why do it in the small... Well, I guess you couldn't do it at uh, Magic Kingdom because of... Uh, uh, you know, I actually liked so the scary. theming of it. I think it was a perfect part for the park for the type of event. I just think they should have limited it to a certain amount of people. And I think next year, I would love to see them create their own event like the Halloween party. Just like a hard ticket event. A hard ticket. Run it for like maybe 10 nights yeah. in the season. I think, this was a, I think this was a cluster mess. And they didn't ever expect this to happen. Apparently, there was a drink of the night or a special themed villains drink. Yeah, there were a couple drinks, and they had this tiny bar set up right near the sorcerer. And there was one location for it. Oh yeah, we had there was one location. And you know Disney and their merchandising. If they thought they were going to sell them, they would have had those people with those trays that stick out in front of them walking around the 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 crowd Mm -hmm. selling this stuff. I think if they knew this was going to happen, this would have been a bigger merchandise push than it was. Uh, The fireworks were amazing. I, mean, I was ridiculous. watching it from the comfort of my own home. Up until the fireworks, I was kind of annoyed and just kind of upset about the whole situation. And then the second those fireworks started, I was looking at the live stream chat and everything. But the second they started, I put my phone away and I just watched. Because it was they were unreal. amazing. The best fireworks I've ever seen. The way they yeah, told a story with just the music and the fireworks. Was the music was perfect. We saw this one other time and it was there was a problem and it was like a replacement show. And I cannot think of what the situation was. Was it the president's when the president was here? Yes. And we went to it and went to a special one. It was John and I and Heather Weil. And we stood there and that the band played along with the... But it was more rock and roll. It wasn't the villains theme. And they were some spectacular fireworks. They really do it well at um, MGM when they do it. Yeah. Well, it was, it was I didn't very see rare. this one, but the one I, I saw was great too. From what I know, it's the same one that they do for New Year's Eve and 4th of July. But during those two events, they have mulch shed... Oops. I don't think mulch, I actually said it. Mulch, sweat, and shears. Yeah, I can't say shears. that. Yeah. I mulch, have sweat, and shears. Say yeah. Oogie Boogie again. Oogie Boogie. I'll just say that. <laughs> Oogie Boogie. But no, they usually have them playing the music Oogie for Boogie. those events. But, Oogie no, it, was, it was a mess. It was fun. Oogie Boogie. Aren't you obsessed with it? <laughs> I am. I wish we had a close-up camera on him <laughs> so that I could make a little animated gif out of it and put it in my signature on the boards. No, thank you. <laughs> Oogie Boogie. Uh, well, I mean, so do you think um, after this, do you think they'll be doing more of them? 
I, yeah, I think so. Definitely. They will, but if it's going to be in Hollywood studios again, they can't do the fireworks because like Sean said, they have to close off the um, Pixar place right behind great movie. Like they have to close off such a big area. I, I see them making it hard fireworks. ticket. I don't th- they'd have to have the fireworks. I think they would make it hard ticket limited to a smaller group of people that'll fit in that section of the park. Right. People will pay. Yeah. The response Absolutely from those fireworks, pay. there's no way you can do this event without those fireworks. Oh, yeah. no. Do you remember the pirates and princesses party that they had at the mm-hmm. magic kingdom? Right. Yeah. I have a feeling this is going to take that place. That could be really cool. And I think yeah. they would have to do it at the Magic Kingdom. I mean, it would be know. fun. I, Just as long as they leave out the villains mix and mingle that they have from Mickey's Not So Scary. You think so it's the Magic Kingdom? I like it better at Studios, I, actually. I, I think do it's more really? of a party yeah. atmosphere at Studios yeah. because they can the alcohol. drinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's... Well, okay, sorry. My, glass was my, talking to my him. My Google Glass was talking to me. Um, but uh, be very interested to see what, uh, what they end up... Uh, if they end up doing anything with it. But, uh, yeah, the complaints that we were hearing about the crowds, about people waiting hours and hours online to meet with the characters and, and the crowds and all this other stuff. Um, and there wasn't all, also there wasn't an awful lot of merchandise. Uh, there was just one shirt available, which you could buy on DisneyStore.com. Yeah. Mm. So there were lines for it. People I were also waiting. heard the complaint from the people who were there was they sold out of the sizes very early and you could buy like extra small <laughs> and that was it perfect <laughs> <laughs> he has a run a skinny little run and they sat him next to me well look when this you, is my son's shirt when you're, when, you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're built like that you can get away with extra small and have all that stuff bulging out of it in my case I look like it's almost like sausage casing yeah. <laughs> so um all right, that is going to do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for our coverage of Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party coming up after the break. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. And as always, remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Take care, everybody. 